Hey guys, welcome to episode 102 of the Collector's Quest podcast. On this episode, we're going to keep it thematic and really simple. We're just talking about 11 collectible Halloween games. Not the best, not the rarest, not the most expensive, but just 11 collectible Halloween games we wanted to talk about. We're going to keep it nice and simple for the season. I'm not going to not going to stay here for 2 minutes and make terrible jokes. I'm just going to tell you to go to iTunes or tell a friend about the show cuz we're terrible at promoting ourselves, so we need you, the listeners, to promote us for us. All right, let's go to the intro music. Another episode of Collector's Quest, Johnny. I'm interrupting you right there because we're about to start the episode. Oh my god, I was going to do the intro for you because you complained about it. You interrupted me doing the intro. Stefan's here too. I'm never doing the intro. Why would you ever do the intro? Is it weird that Stefan's like lurking? He's always lurking. I don't... We did say his name three times and he just hasn't left. I've been here. (laughs) I've been been at Johnny's for like a month. He has... Send, Send help. He's been haunting us. You might say. Also, segue, Tyler, what are we talking about? Thanksgiving games. The fall season is here, and we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving, our favorite Thanksgiving games and movies, and some rare and collectible ones. Yeah, because it's Thanksgiving in Canada. Aw, makes me miss Cat. Where are you, Cat? We miss you. No, we're talking about collectible Halloween games. But uh, shall we define what collectible means a little bit? Mainly, we mean kind of expensive. Some rare ones... But a lot of these will just sh- shout out, and you're like, oh, that's kind of expensive, so you should know. It means it's on collector's radar, either because it is rare or because it is expensive. These two things drive collectability of games. Having said that, don't be like, that's not actually rare, because this many X million were printed. Uh, I don't give a shit. We're, we just explained to you. Just relax. The rarest Halloween just, yeah, games. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Ugh. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you, Johnny. I'm gonna say that the collectability of a game determines the price. The price doesn't determine the collectability. Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. I'm just telling you where right. we're at. That's a fine correction, Tyler. We have a list of some games. We got about eleven of them, ten or eleven. We're gonna go through them fairly quick. We'll tell you a little bit about them. This is not at all a complete list. This is just a list of some. So if a game that you really like or think hey, why'd they miss that? We might be saving it for next year's episode when we do another list just like this because Halloween content is precious. Johnny, I don't see Castlevania 3 on this list. Are you telling me Castlevania 3 is not a good game? No, I'm saying I shouldn't collect Castlevania no, 3. No, I'm telling you should definitely collect Castlevania. It's one of my favorite series. However, didn't make the list this year. Maybe next year. Mm. And in like six years, we're going to be super depleted for lists and we're going to be like, all right, guys, Castlevania 3. Actually, Castlevania 3 is kind of expensive. <laughs> Top 10 bucks. Castlevania games. Like, yeah. Just going through handhelds, I feel like we would never run out of like obscure children's horror games that are hundreds of dollars because none of those kids kept those boxes. Well, you can always check my my tag, Halloween Gaming 2018, where I display some of these kind of weird games that you would not expect to see every day. So if we, I mean, we could use that as a list and keep going for several years but we've made our caveats Stefan, you were saying uh pc gaming also is a treasure trove of horror games if we ever really ran out of content well yeah i i would actually like to pc has a bunch of super sweet point and click halloween games that i would love to just be like the best point and click halloween games and then we could get in a fight about day of the tentacle you know people would be upset I played Maniac Mansion on any, not Day of the Tentacle. I've never played Day of the Tentacle. You should play that. What are we going to fight about? Uh, well, just whether Maniac Mansion is good and whether Day of the Tentacle is good, because you are an angry person. But let's let's move on. Mo- <laughs> move it on, Tyler. Move it on. All right, we're going to start this. You, you brought it up. We're going to start this list with an easy one, and I'll go ahead just to, to roll us into it. 
Splatterhouse for the TurboGrafx-16. This game is about $80 if you just buy it with the Hue card. If you want it in the box, it can be up to $110, $140 in that range. Tyler, tell us tell us about the NES copy that this kind of is not the same as. What what was that? Because people get these confused. It is not the same game. What? Did people get these? Con- I mean, you might be confused because by NES you meant Famicom, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're talking about Splatterhouse, Mampaku Graffiti. Yeah. Well, that's a different collectible game that people really like. It's it's on every every single list of like, what are some English playable Famicom games? This is like the number one thing that always comes up because it's got like a horror theme. It's an action platformer. You play as a little dude wearing the Jason mask and you, you chop dudes, got boss fights. It's a real cool game, but it's not the game we're talking about because we're talking about Splatterhouse, regular ass Splatterhouse, which is based on the arcade game. Uh, and I'm going to say for a home console at the time, Splatterhouse had some big ass sprites and it looked really good. It's a great translation, actually. It, it was one of those games that made you be like, oh my God, the arcade is finally in my living room. And I remember seeing that at a friend's house on his Turbo Graphics, going, shit, I, I want this. What is this thing? Um, the first time I ever wanted a Turbo Graphics 16. Anyways, that, that started us off. Tyler, what do you have for us? What should we should we say something scary about each of these? No, because we're gonna get to some kids' games. Yeah. I just want to say I always the thing that always sticks out to me about Splatterhouse, which isn't a game I like because I don't like beat 'em ups. The part where you walked past a mirror and like it's either blank or there's like a demon version of you. I always thought that was so. That cool. is pretty cool. All right, the next game is Chiller, which has a really cool variant. So Chiller on NES, not the rarest game, the gray version of Chiller. Uh, for an unlicensed game, I'm going to say Chiller actually did pretty well for itself, especially for a game with such like gruesome and violent themes. But there is a variant put out by the parent company. So AGCI, American Game Cartridges Incorporated, they put out Chiller, but their parent company, Share Data, I think they put out the first cartridges of Chiller. Anyway, there's there's these blue copies of Chiller that are floating out there. They look like those Color Dream blue cartridges. And there's like double digit copies of these known they're super rare, super valuable. So rare, I probably can't even find one that's been up for sale to give you even a price range on them. That's pretty rare. It is pretty rare. Stefan, do so you have it? Uh, I do not. I don't have many unlicensed games. No. Oh. Uh, so You know what you should get into? Homebrew. No, just anyway. Tyler, I, we're going to give your own segment on homebrew. I do have a question <sighs> about Chiller, though. Like When you say that it did well for itself, is that at the time or just on the secondary collector market? Like At like at the time, do you feel like people like knew the game and were playing it? Like I don't think it's something where you'd go over to your friend's house and it's like, oh, you have Chiller, but it's not, some, it's not like a lot of other unlicensed games where you, like, you never went over to someone's house and they have Baby Boomer or something like that. As far as unlicensed games go, Chiller isn't particularly rare, I will say. No, Chiller is a game that I knew about as a kid, and I didn't know about many unlicensed games except for the Tengen stuff. But Chiller was a game I didn't know was unlicensed when I started collecting again. I was like, oh, that's unlicensed? I did not know that because I assumed that because I knew it as a child that it was a licensed game. Interesting. Also, it was, you know, a lot of the unlicensed games, I don't know where those come from, but Chiller was an arcade game. So it was a game I had played in the arcade, so I also recognized it from there. So there was like this dual connection. I don't know if any of the other unlicensed stuff came from arcades, but this was, I was like, this is like a real game. Why why is it unlicensed? I didn't know. It was licensed from Exidy, though. So AGCI licensed the game from Exidy, and Exidy are the people who made Death Race in arcades, another super controversial game at the time that we look back on and go, huh, games were quaint, huh? Yeah. But Chiller on NES has boobs and a lot of blood and gore. It's it's nowhere near... (laughs) Very unique for an NES game. Yeah, but it's nowhere at the level of the arcade game. The arcade game is gruesome. We've talked about it on this podcast, I think, three Halloweens ago. And uh, yeah, it's that's it's just an extreme game. I I like it. And you fire a gun. You have a like a little machine gun mounted to the cabinet. And uh, a fun fact about Chiller that I always like bringing up: it's one of the very few games that supports uh, two guns at the same time on the NES. Uh, there's some wiring diagrams out there you can look at that it seems to suggest that the gun is only wired up for one of the slots, uh, one of the controller ports. Uh, but no, you can use two guns on Chiller, and it works awfully because Chiller is not a good game that's poorly programmed, and the gun doesn't really work that well at all anyway. Having never played this game before, I actually didn't wasn't aware that it was a gun game until you said it right now. 
Yep. Oh, yeah. It's just like there'll be like just a scene of just a bunch of people on torture racks or like hanging from chains and you just shoot them and they turn into bones and guts. That's the game. Yep. You These people are already being tortured and then you shoot them some. Nice. There's like a stroller. It's like someone's pushing a stroller and you like shoot the stroller. Yeah. It's, it's a messed up game. Yeah. Check out, check out Chiller. Hey, Stefan, you want to take the next one on the list? Uh, Clock Tower 2? Yes. Sure. So Clock Tower 2 was a, a late release PS1 game. Uh, it's a, uh, uh, the original version came out on the Famicom. Uh, if you do want to play it in English, you can actually find, or the Super Famicom rather, you can, you can find uh, English translation ROMs uh, of that game if you're so inclined. But uh, Clock Tower 2 PS1 goes for around uh, 130. It's, uh, it's what, like a, like a FMV kind of point and click adventure game, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. This one's the struggle within. Both the clock towers are, you know, they're not, they're not not well known. They're like well known games, right? So you can you can go find them pretty easily. But they both fetch a hefty price. People still like them, and uh, you know the demand is still high. Uh, tell tell them about the super good release date that they gave it, Stefan, and why that's dumb. <laughs> October thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, released it on Halloween. Yeah, which seems like it would be cool unless you want to sell more copies. Like It's like releasing a Christmas movie on Christmas Day and just forgoing the whole November-December season. Yeah, you're like, okay, well, I'm I'm taking my Halloween stuff down. I guess I am done playing this game. I mean, I, I don't... I obviously don't remember what the marketing campaign was because, I, I mean, maybe they were if they were hyping it for, like, the whole month of October, that might have worked. But why not just October 1? Get the whole month out of it. I don't know. We'd have to do yeah. a deeper dive on what else was coming out that month. Maybe that maybe there was something they were actively avoiding. I mean, did they do that in nineteen ninety? PlayStation One survival horror market was just saturated, I'm sure. Well, you never know, it might have been. That is I'm not like, saying, yeah, I'm not saying that was the case. I'm just trying to think of you're right, because it's a dumb idea, and so I'm just trying to think of a reason why an entire get, marketing team would just do something so stupid. Yeah. It was a different time. Probably made for good magazine ads. True. Ah, uh, magazine ads when they were the things that sold video games. Right. Ah, uh, now it's Metacritic reviews and, you know, IGN and other garbage like that. Anyways, um, who want, who wants this next gem? Shall, shall I? Shall you I should, take this? You, you have a extra special story about the next one, so I think you should tell that story. Oh, I have an extra special story? I, I do have a story about this. I don't know which one you're referring to. Anyways, Rule of Rose for the PS2 game is still going up. People love to buy this. They love to take a picture of it and show you that they own it. There's some other PS2 survival horror games that also fall in this camp. But for, this, for the sake of this podcast, we're just going over this one. Um... I said it's about 250. There was a big controversy around this game when the media kind of picked up that there was depictions of violence towards children and kind of the sexualization of children, but it wasn't like adult sexualization towards children within the game, but it was like children having crushes on each other. Basically, it was Japanese gaming, which I guess the news media was new to at this point, at least in America. I did have an awesome experience with this game as my dog ate a copy of it. So that was nice of him. <laughs> that is indeed he, the story I was referencing. Uh, uh, yeah. He was like, he was like, hey, you know what? This game looks delicious. And I know you just bought it like two months ago. This is like two years ago now. And it's a pristine copy. Let me chew it up for you. So thanks for that. Really and, appreciate uh, that, dog. Correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, but he, he singled out that one game out of like a box of them, right? Yeah, it was, it was that what like it was that and a bunch of five dollar games all in a box because yeah, I just got them, and he got that one. It was same happened with Valkyrie Profile. My other two dogs both got a copy of Valkyrie Profile, the PSP one and the PS one game. They were both next to wrestling games. They avoided the wrestling games and only ate the Valkyrie profiles. <laughs> well, are you suggesting that the wrestling games had less value, Johnny? Yeah, I, I am absolutely. We're kind of aficionados here. so. Uh, well, I'm just saying the wrestling games are about as valuable as our wrestling episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm, anyways. I'm that story. Just wait till you have a kid, Johnny. Then you're going to have to protect it from something with opposable oh, thumbs. I know. It's going to be very scary. That will be the scariest part of next Halloween. 
so far so good though for for that i got uh, four years down now with uh protecting this game room from a from a grabby hands little kid and uh, no casualties so far i do have a lock on my door so that that's a thing anyways tyler why don't you take us to number two or the next one on our list i should say number two not, not number two chiller number on the nes <laughs> like number five or six for some reason, I feel like we've discussed this before, but it's Wendy Every Which Way on the Game Boy Color. I think we... Which is one of those children's kind of thematic car games on a handheld that... Do you know why it's expensive? It's made by WayForward. That's why it's expensive? It's not like the Rarity? I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's ex- that I've, too, it, but it's also made by WayForward. And if, uh, if you're unfamiliar with that... Save me the Wikipedia-ing. I'm, I'm not, I don't follow Shant- the industry anymore. That, what did WayForward make? Shantae. They made all the Shantae games. They also did another release that was notable among collectors would be the uh, DuckTales Remastered because it's got the uh, that press kit that was the insanely gold, expensive. The gold cart. They also okay. did another uh, GBC one to look at, like in the same level, is uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Okay, that's the thing I get mixed up with Buffy, but Sabrina's way better. Okay, they were also... Wendy is from... <laughs> <laughs> they also did uh, the Shantae digital release was one of the earlier um, limited run games. Oh, did they? Are they still making all the Shantae games? Okay, yeah. All right, now got it. So Wendy, I think it has real good graphics for Game Boy Color too, right? It's real nice. It's one of these games that also has the uh, Game Boy Advance functionality. So along the side of it, it says Game Boy Advance, like for also use with Game Boy Advance or something, just like Shantae does. And you get an extra level if you put it in your Game Boy Advance. And I just think it's so cool looking at a Game Boy Color game and it says Game Boy Advance on it. I don't know why I think that's cool, but I think that's cool. You know, I I didn't know that, actually. That's news to me. Is that price we have listed for uh, CIB? Yeah. Huh, 180 Not as Not as bad as I would have thought it would be, given how... Let's cause a run on Wendy every which way. There's probably one copy on eBay to cause a run on it. Because Shantae is redonkulous right now. Yeah. And I think the the developers of Shantae, they even found like a sealed case of them, like not recently, but maybe like a year ago. They did a they did an eBay auction, didn't they? And they they had some promo where they were giving away a copy of a sealed one, too. And I think they signed them all. And it's like, oh, no, <laughs> what do you don't sign it without asking first? Yeah. Signatures are a controversial thing in gaming. One day we'll talk about what our what our views our opposing views on signatures are uh also if you don't know about wendy it's tied to the casper series wendy wendy the good witch so that's yeah. where this kind of comes from so uh like sabrina is tied to archie wendy is tied to casper fun fact johnny and i only live a few miles away from way forward so we should just go over there and see if they have uh if what they, they have, have extra copies yeah yeah, we could go up. get we could get our copies of Shantae signed. <laughs> I'm so down to yeah. go over there because <laughs> they're in like Valencia, right? Uh, yeah, they're up in uh, like Kenny Country area. Yeah, that's Valencia. Okay, cool. Wait, Sabrina's tied to Archie. Can we go back? You didn't? Is that true? That's true. Yes, I did not know. Yeah, I so, thought Sabrina was like some Nickelodeon. No, show. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is actually in Archie. She comes from the Archie comics, and now that we've got. Um, Oh man, I lost the name of the show. The basically Riverdale, the Arch- Riverdale which yeah. is where they Archie and crew grew up. They have that now, and now there's going to be a new Sabrina uh, live action show, which looks pretty interesting because it takes kind of the darker tone of the current Archie comics. For people who don't know about some of the Archie comics now, there's some like weird dark Archie comics you can get into. Like it took this whole weird turn. There's still the traditional Archie stuff. And there's like this other like sub genre of Archie that uh, is just, it got like dark. There's like uh, a zombie apocalypse version of Archie. There's yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird turn. You ch- take a look. I, I love some of the, some of the comics from them. It, they are fun reads. So, for comic collectors out there, there you go. So, I don't think comic collectors collect Archie Digest. Or do they actually have, like, Archie? I'm sure they have Archie books. Archie's just been around forever. Forever and ever. die. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I'll take this next one, Stephen, and then you can jump on the the one after. So, I'm going to go with Tiny Toon Adventures Scary Dreams. Again, this is one that has been mentioned on the podcast a couple years ago. I said, go buy this game because it's kind of rare. True, it's rare. When I was telling you guys it was like between $40 and $80, it's now around 
250 to 350 is what it's being sold for, complete in box. There's some misinformation about this game, and I, I can't tell you exactly what's true. Some people say it was a rental exclusive. Some people say it wasn't officially released. I don't know what the exact story is. I just know to find it complete in the box is kind of a pain. And uh, good luck to you guys. That's all I got for you. But if you see a cheap one, go ahead and grab it. Because even the loose cart sells for like $90. What kind of person is buying this game, Johnny? People like me. Is it someone like you who's just like, I have every game ever. I might as well just buy some random horror games that look kind of rare. Because like the only reason, well, not the only reason, but the main reason a rare children's game would be expensive like this is for someone going for a full set. But I imagine not many people are going for GBA complete box full sets, right? No, I, I think this one has to do with like the lack of ability to find it. I think that people put some hype behind it, not just me, and it caused that to happen. But there was this discussion about like what its status was, whether it was ever re- released, because I think as you mentioned uh, pre-show that it was called like Buster's Nightmare or something in the PAL region. I think that was a totally different game. Oh, was it? I, th- I thought that was the same one, but in like the PAL region. Because weirdly, like oh, the maybe. Tiny Toon games, a bunch of them weren't released here or were released under different names. So if you're, because I, I like Tiny Toon games in general. So I keep like a list of them that I'm like some of the European copies that I'm buying. And um, anyway, so you, you'll see that kind of stuff pop up. That's stuff I buy on the fly here and there. Uh, so I keep an eye on that. I don't know why other people would be after it. Me, personally, I'm always looking to buy games that remind me of Halloween. So I can post them under Halloween Gaming 2018. Join the tag. Another just self-promotion. So there you go. That, Johnny, that's what the that. hell? Hold on. This what? Uh, Buster's Bad Dream, Scary Dreams. This was made by Treasure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing about it. What? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now I understand now Tyler why it's, it's it. a $250 game. Yeah, now Tyler's like, oh my god, I'm going to go spend $250. Yeah, that, that's it's another... one of those games like McDonald's Treasureland Adventure. Who cares? Like, oh, Treasure... All right, let's get on that game. I want to give us a, just a little bit of a throwback. You know, as large supporters of Shelly Duvall on this podcast, I just wanted to make one more link to Shelly Duvall. Okay, Casper Meets Wendy is a movie, which Hilary Duff is in, by the way. And I wanted you to know that it stars not only Hilary Duff, but Shelley Duvall. There you go. You know, J- Johnny... Is that, is that like a straight-to-video thing? Because I'd never heard yeah, of Yeah, it's a straight-to-video Casper movie with Hilary Jeez. Duff and Shelley Duvall. Johnny, it warms my heart that you support my my reoccurring uh, love for Shelley Duvall. Yep. I, one we can work her in, we will. There, And that one was for you, Stefan. Next on the list... Castlevania Bloodlines. It's the uh, only Castlevania made for the Sega Genesis. Uh, fun fact, this one in particular was trying, actively trying to tie the the game storyline to the uh, Dracula novel by Bram Stoker. That's weird. Bram, I didn't know yeah, that. Fun. I don't remember Bloodlines. I think that was the first Castlevania game I ever played, so I probably wasn't paying too much attention to the story. There's a character. Ah, oh God, I forget the the which character it is, but it's they tied it loosely by taking one of the characters from the novel and putting them in the Bloodlines storyline. There, there's some other f- fun facts about the boxes for that. But Tower, did you have something before that? Does Castlevania have like a storyline? Like not not. It obviously isn't sequential or anything. But can you put them on a timeline, or is it like Zelda, where every game is pretty much the same, but we're just going to try to plot out a thread through them anyway? I mean, no, there's there's a timeline. There's a timeline to Castlevania games. Some of it is a little indiscernible. Yeah, they've done some weird retcons over the years, but just like, I mean, Zelda has too, so. Most people hated the ones that came out on the Xbox 360 and PS3, but that one heavily invested into the story, uh, like an origin story, though it's kind of tied everything together. And then uh, Mirror of Fate, was, which is uh, like a 2.5D game that was in the middle of those two games that even tied it further together, which I think was a really good game. And I like the other two because of the story. But yeah, there's definitely a story between all of these games, especially like the DS games and the GBA games. There's a, a definitely a continuing story that kind of s- comes from Symphony of the Night forward, though the originals are in there as well. So yeah, there is story, but like Stefan said, there there's some retconning. There's some like that doesn't exactly make all the sense in the world, but it definitely is there. There there is a story. So you're saying you could track the bloodline of the Belmont and Morris family? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ha. <laughs> okay. 
So there's a, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, also, Elizabeth Bartley in that game is based off of Elizabeth Bathory, who was uh, one of the most uh, prolific female serial killers in history. She was uh, the the woman who I I don't think it was ever proven to be true, but she she was said to bathe in the blood of her servant girls that she was murdering to stay youthful. So that was a a, a real countess that the Elizabeth Bartley character from Bloodlines was based on. And there's a great Cradle of Filth album called Cruelty and the Beast, all about her. Nice. Look at all these fun facts we're getting. So I, while I don't mind facts like that, uh, that's pretty cool. But let me tell you a little something about the boxes. Okay, there's a classic clamshell for this, which goes for more than the cardboard boxes. Clamshell goes for like 150, whereas the cardboard box goes between like 90 and like 120 ish. But there's two versions of the cardboard box there's a flip top variant, and then uh, one of the slide out Genesis cartridge. Uh, Genesis box variants that are cardboard. So those are some things to keep track of. If I was going to buy one just for collecting purposes, I would say buy the clamshell because it'll probably stay in better condition, though a mint cardboard box will probably be the hardest thing to find out of all of them. And of the ones that will be harder to find, mint will be the flip top version because it doesn't have a secondary piece which you can exchange. That's all one piece box. Johnny, do you find that monetarily the the two cardboard boxes vary? Uh, no, because I don't think people will even really know or distinguish that much that there is a variant. It's only Johnny who knows that, and the people who take credit for Johnny's work. Who that, that that's true. <laughs> the The flip top versions of all these boxes are a little more prone to light damage too. Is something I've noticed. So there you go. Fun facts. Yep, I think it has something to do with the coating. But, um, or lack of. You got all three of these though, right? Yes, I do. So if you're a collector, you should go for all of them. Yeah. Just making sure everyone knows that. No, actually, I, I don't have a clamshell anymore, but it's coming. It's, it's not here yet. Yeah, that's weird. I have a clamshell. That's weird. <laughs> Before moving on, I think I'll take the next two to those. Sure. My wheelhouse. Uh, so next, next one on the list is Brain Dead 13. This is a FMV game. Uh, it's similar to, uh, the, the Dragon's Lair and Space Ace and those types of games. Um, although unlike those games that came out on Laserdisc originally, uh, the first version of Brain Dead 13 was for the PC. Uh, but they, uh, brought Brain Dead 13 uh, to a plethora of consoles of that generation. Uh, the most prolific as far as price is uh, the Jaguar CD version, which can do 180 to 250 uh, complete. Uh, but if you do want to chase after uh, a copy that might be a little bit more economical, uh, they, they did have it for PS1 and Saturn and 3DO. Um, of all of the console versions, I was looking at the reviews earlier, and they praised the... And this is not me being biased, because I love 3DO. They they praised the 3DO version as being the best-looking for uh, video compression. So, yeah, uh, it's a... Like I said, it's a FMV game about a kid that fixes a computer at a mansion and then uh, gets chased around by their uh, by their servant guy and, and gets killed a bunch of times. And they thought this game was so good that they're like, all right, we got it on the PC, we got it on the PS1, everyone can play those versions. Even though, I mean, no one goes around saying, yeah, remember Brain Dead 13? But it was so good, they're like, yeah, we got to put this on 3DO, Jaguar, CD, Saturn, we got to make sure everyone gets this game. And I think it's closer to the fact that uh, FMV games at the time were so incredibly easy to port that uh, every everyone just... Oh, up. I didn't even think of that, because yeah. all you got to do is the inputs. Yeah, yeah, super, oh. super, super easy to port. And it was probably cheap to license it. Yeah. Next up on the list is uh, Stubbs the Zombie. It was a, a, a late release uh, Xbox original Xbox game uh, using the Halo engine. It's a, a third person uh, adventure game and you star a zombie who uh, wakes up in a future utopia and causes a muck. It's, uh, it runs you about 50 bucks, which isn't expensive compared to just about everything else on this list. But uh, as far as uh, original Xbox goes, uh, that's reasonably pricey. It uh, was made by Wide Load Studios, uh, who uh, were a spinoff of Bungie, led by one of their co-founders, Alex Sorobian. And then, uh, and yeah, that was one of the, one of the 
first and last games that they made together as a studio. They didn't they didn't last a last last so long. But uh but yeah. So wait, this they spun off from Bungie so they were Bungie's competitor but they still got to license the Halo engine? Yeah. Neat. I don't know how games work. That's <laughs> weird. Well, I mean, think <laughs> well, about the Unreal Engine. It's on like tons of games. Well, yeah, that game that's made like specifically for other people to use though. They're like, "All right, we're going to spin off from you and make our own games, but also this engine that only we are super familiar with, we need to use that engine." I don't know. They games. Were, they were still the friends, industry. man. No, they become they, enemies. They, they, prob- they probably license that engine for a bro price. That's all right. What's the cannibalism controversy? I'm looking at Stubbs the Zombie. Stubbs and Fear in 2005 had a controversy resu- regarding cannibalism in games. Joe Lieberman, world's worst oh, senator, God, hates geez. video games, <laughs> criticized the game as cannibalistic and harmful to underage children. Well, Joe, yeah, I guess Lieberman. Joe Lieberman, what is wrong with I guess you? if you didn't have the context that you play as a zombie, like it, you do zombie stuff, like you eat brains. So I, I guess that would be cannibalism. Yeah. Joe Lieberman, just go away. Did he already go what? away? I think he may have. I think I he think may Joe have. Lieberman has gone away. Yeah. Or else we probably hear a lot more from him because he's one hell of a loud yeah. mouth. You know, Joe Lieberman is someone who I, I can't get behind. There, there's a few people who have tried to make gaming a scapegoat for their own political agenda, and all of those people can go F themselves. They can all just go F themselves. They know who they are. I don't even like to say some of their names because I don't like to give them any kind of credit for anything good. You know, who was that? Uh, it was like the president of Nintendo of America or someone. He was in front of Congress saying that Night Trap will never be on a Nintendo console because it's degrading to women and horrible and all this stuff. Yep. And now it's on Switch. I just love that if you just put those two next to each other. Hypocrisy. Yeah. That was that was the uh, that was the throw Sega under the fucking bus. Oh, conference. Yep. So. All right. Tyler, these are these are your babies, so why don't you go ahead? My babies, the Atari. So we've got Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which are the only two games ever made by Wizard Video Games. Wizard Video Games, they put out B-movies on VHS. The only one that people actually care about is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, they did Zombie 2 and... Like some other, like if there's a game, if there's a movie called just like Alien Cannibals from Mars, that's the kind of movie they would put out. But these are really violent and weird Atari games. So Halloween, these games, their prices are all over the place because they just don't come up for sale super often. But Halloween goes for maybe a hundred to two hundred dollars loose, three to six hundred complete. And the cool thing about Halloween is that there's a variant where there's no label on the game; they just put a generic like Walmart. like a sticker you'd buy at walmart and they wrote halloween on it in sharpie and some of those labels are even misspelled they misspelled halloween which is just super cool (laughs) the the label variant is worth a uh, a little bit more but i would if i was getting one i'd if i saw a misspelled label like a misspelled handwritten label i would want that one and uh the reason that it's not labeled people think that it was because this game was being sold while wizard video games was being liquidated and they thought it was a cost saving measure to not put a label on the freaking games they're selling that's kind of amazing i i think i don't know i think i would want the original label just to see it but it would be hard to to pass up if the money was the same a misspelled handwritten label yeah, and with both of these games, there's just a ton of reproductions out there. Because how hard is it to make a reproduction of an Atari game that didn't even have a label on the official version of the game? So you really get, like there's a lot. A lot of them are labeled, but it would be so easy to make a bootleg of this game. I have a couple of labels in my collection that I keep. Because, I mean, they're worthless, but that it's like cases where the label was ripped off, and then somebody at some point drew their own label on. I have a cop- yeah. copy of NBA Hangtime, where it's just like a stick figure of a dude <laughs> shooting a basketball, and it will never leave my collection because it's amazing. Oh, I used to buy those from GameStop. I don't have them anymore, because I must have got rid of all of my modern games at some point. I know I had like a copy of ATV Off-Road Fury 2 with the... There was no case, but someone drew this like intricate pencil drawing of like ATVs going off jumps. It was awesome. I love that kind of stuff. That is awesome. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this is like, it's like one of the most violent Atari games. You play as Leatherface with a chainsaw and you just go around a field basically murdering kids and there's no real sound effects except when the kids are running away from you, the Atari lets out this high pitched squeal. So it is, 
is quite a sight for the Atari 2600. And that's the reason that both of these games are pretty rare, because a lot of traditional retailers wouldn't carry them, obviously, because uh, video games are ruining our children, because Joe Lieberman told them, you better not sell Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And uh, then they, they decided they're going to go out of business and not make any more video games. Well, that's Tyler. fair. Now, I haven't I haven't ever looked at gameplay footage of either of these. Is it like, is the violence readable like because uh, like i remember things like circus atari where you like your your little dude misses the teeter-totter and his head flattens out and that was considered violent like i mean is 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 the violence in these games like actually readable as violence I, so i mean the chainsaw it's got like two little bumps going out of it you wouldn't even be able to tell it's a chainsaw i think the most violent part of the texas chainsaw massacre has to be the scream of the girl running away from you it's 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 really weird to see in an atari game but when you kill them their sprite flips upside down and the top and bottom get like little red pools of blood it's it's i mean if people thought death race was violent where people like turn instantly into tombstones i think that was like 1976 uh, this would probably be pretty violent by those standards and uh, I guess to go over the prices uh, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that, like, this is so hard to find for sale, I couldn't even come up with a price, but I think it sells for around $200, and it's recently five to 700 complete. Right, exactly. I was going to say, like, at least 400 for CIB last time I was looking. Yeah. There's also a sweet double-ender of it. Wait, oh, no, no, Johnny. no, no. Johnny has a bootleg version, so there's two bootleg versions of this. Uh, So there's a bootleg alternate version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It says alternate version on the back, I think, and it also has like a limited edition thing on the front. That's just a reproduction somebody made on Atari Age. And then Johnny bought a double ender from some guy on eBay, but there is no double ender of Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's another bootleg that apparently two weeks ago someone paid $150 for. Yeah, I did this like two years ago, and I did not know... And I, I bought it, and I wound up getting a refund. But uh, yeah, I, that was annoying. That was really annoying. I was like, that's cool, and nowhere does it say reproduction. And there's not, like, if you look it up, it, there's not good information saying, like, by the way, these double-enders are reproductions. You kind of have to dig for that info, which I did after the I fact. Because you could and, totally see, like, these like low-print-run games, they're just made in someone else, someone's garage. They're like, oh, let's just put out a double-ender of them. Like, yeah. That seems like something that Wizard seems Video totally, might yeah, do. Seems totally reasonable, especially when it sits, like, along that same axis as the, the porn games do. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yep. these are kind of adult games, and yeah, the double-ender. This makes sense. Got it. I understand what you did there. But nope, not true. Anyways, I still have the copy, even though I got the refund, and still a cool looking box. And I'm I'm not going to get rid of it. I I still like it, but I hate that I got duped like a sucker because I didn't do enough research. Something I pride myself on I was a dummy. At the end of the day, you got a hundred and fifty dollar bootleg apparently for nothing, right? You got to keep it. Well, I didn't pay one fifty. I paid seventy. And no, I know, I but so, but somebody did, right? Yeah, Tyler's yeah, and- yeah. My whole thing with I went through PayPal and said, hey. They didn't say it was a reproduction. It's a reproduction. And I, I tried to get the guy. I said, look, I would pay normally like $50 for a reproduction of this quality because it's good quality. And he was like, I'm not giving you any kind of refund. I was like, well, you didn't tell me it was a reproduction. And then you denied it was a reproduction. You're a crook. That's what crooks do. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then PayPal was like, oh, yeah, well, F you, guy. I'm giving him all his money back, which is not what I asked for. I asked for $20. And then I got it all back, so oh, I got screwed. Partial refunds? Come on, Johnny. That's I, what I, scammy I, buyers I, do. No, I said that's what I would pay for a reproduction. Scam, yeah, scammy, scammy buyer versus. Well, I'm sorry, scammy it, buyer versus guy who was outright crook. Get out of here, Tyler. Well, I'm not saying. I'm saying that if you have a buyer on eBay that comes up to you and they're like, "I don't think this the label isn't as good as looking the pictures. I think I deserve a twenty dollar refund." That's like what people do to try to get. No, games no, no, no. This is. Look, I'm not this saying is you a, were in the no, wrong. No, this is a point of contention with me because I I have asked for partial refunds on stuff because uh, why guys why bubble mailers stop sending shit in bubble mailers and then uh, your amount of partial refunds will go way down. But like, what do you? This is a whole thing. I don't want to get too into it, but time is valuable, right? My time is especially valuable. If you send me something and it comes damaged, like if it's a $10 game, I don't want to spend $5 to go ship it back. And if I need to ship it back, you're paying the shipping. 
I'm not paying $5 to ship something back to you that you fucked up on. Okay. That I'm just not doing that. I will file a whole case and get all of my money back and you will have to pay the shipping. So if you want to avoid that and give me $5 and then we can agree, but if it's like a $25 game, whatever that range is for the amount of damage. Lesson here is ship your stuff in box, take clear pictures, and then don't ever worry about this. Protect yourself. Boom. Done. Rant over. Thanks, Johnny. I just yeah. bought I just bought like 10 and 64 games in box and all the descriptions said that they would ship in a bubble mailer. But I bought 10 at once and I sent him a message. So we're going to see what happens. It's going to be pretty exciting. Oh, man. I always I, That's the other thing. I send out a message saying, please ship this in a box. I do my part and then people don't follow through. It's, it's very annoying. Um, I Johnny, love what, imagine uh, getting so many complaints that you ship in bubble mailers that you don't fix it by shipping things in a box. You just say, this is going to ship in a bubble mailer, by the way. Don't care. That's a nice, complete box game. That, see, it, that's insane, too, because the person who had those N6, like, they must have been a client. Like, fucking boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. We're getting way off topic. That's a whole other episode. Have we not had a bubble mailer episode? Um, <laughs> We're I going think to I, now. I think, I think I did. Uh, I think I did a microcast. Maybe I deleted it before I actually published it. I don't know. I thought I did a, a bubble mailer episode because I was so annoyed one day. Yeah. Probably just remembered you talking about it so often that it feels like an episode. It it should feel like an episode. We've all heard it enough. I know people who listen to this. Like I, I mean, I'm to the point where even like play, PS1 and PS2 games, please ship me in a box. That's to like to where I'm getting at. Like just everything in a box. I got a real special when someone uses a box. I mean, I just got a couple uh, card only SNES games in a box. Like, and I'm totally fine if you ship me an SNES game in a bubble mailer, like whatever. But you send them to me a box. I'm like, wow, you really care, guy. Thank you so much for caring about me. Or they just don't want the people saying, hey, you fucked this up. Give me a partial refund. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to do that either. That's a fucking waste of my time. Every time I have to send some idiot an email because they messed up and like it was a $200 game. You couldn't. You couldn't spring for the two extra dollars for shipping, or it's worse when it's the exact same price to ship in a box. People are like, well, it's cheaper cheaper to send in a bubble mail. I'm like, it's by ounce, guy. When it's a bubble mailer that thick, it's already listed as a parcel. It's no longer an envelope. It's a parcel. Right. And honestly, <sighs> and honestly, I would rather pay whatever a few dollars for shipping if it's going to be that big a deal. Because like recently, I had an Albert Odyssey that was shipped to me in a bubble mailer, and it came fucking cracked and i just put that guy on blast so bad he had he had an instagram account that i took advantage of so um <laughs> but uh especially saturn game anything over like 20 bucks put it in a bubble mailer you're you're just a dick yeah just i will pay more i will pay more like yeah, all collectors sure. will pay a little more like i i'm not buying a hundred dollar game and then be like whoa you want an extra dollar for shipping fuck you buddy you're not ripping me off. I just paid a. I just paid an idiot's price on a video game. Of course, I'm going to pay an extra dollar for the bubble mailer. For Don't. the bubble mailer, all right. Or not for not You're gonna for the, subsidize for the box, their not bubble the mailer. Tower, shut up. You knew what I was talking about. <laughs> we, uh, a, we were talking about like 2,600 games, asshole. which that's uh, probably why. not even talking about the boxes. <laughs> all right, it's because Tower's an asshole. That's why. Mm. Fight him. Fight you, Tower. Speaking of the Halloween box, so the box for Halloween is one of these games where. It says Halloween in like an orange type at the top of the box. And then it has the movie poster, which right at the top in black and white says Halloween. So it looks like the name of the game is Halloween, Halloween. And I love when games do that. I think there's a, a variant for the manual too, isn't there? Or some really? some label variants for Halloween? Like aside from that, like picture variants. I don't know. I think there is. Thanks for dropping this knowledge. So now that you've said this, now it looks like we don't know what we're talking about. No, and that's, that's not. Trust us? No, I, I've, I even tried extra hard to talk about games. Anyways, let's move on. So Zombies. Got one more. Yeah, I'm moving on to it right now. God damn it. I just said, why are you interrupting? Uh, this is actually getting edited now because now this is such an awkward transition. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies ate my neighbor for the Super Nintendo. Not super rare. It is fairly collectible. People buy it. It's also on the Genesis. People buy it a lot. People like this game a lot. They always snap pictures of it. But what we're specifically talking about is the variant box. Uh, people call it the Mexico box. I don't know if that's true. Um, and I, I, I don't have a lot of good information on where this variant box comes from. Well, you can, you can drop that in one second. It costs... Upwards of $500, and I know what you're going to say, Stefan, and it's all speculation. So just mind you that everything Stefan says here is speculation. We don't have proof. 
Go ahead. Okay, so there was, you know, the uh, manufacturer Majesco did re-releases of games that were no longer in circulation. They did it for tons and tons of games. Generally, uh, when you see one of these, it's the same box art with the same label. It's just cheaper. It's just made cheaply. Um, so, but Zombies at My Neighbors, uh, on the other hand, was actually a different box art, same cart, but again, just uh, cheaply made. But uh, but they they chose for that particular variant to change the uh, the box art for for that particular release. So they were being cheap. Why would they pay a new artist? I don't understand. I'm I'm not sure. It could have been a licensing issue, but most likely it was a licensing issue for for whatever reason. I'm not sure. If they did, in fact, change the box, because it also could have been like the other theory is that it was a regional thing, like uh, something about the depiction. They didn't think it would sell in Mexico or that region. There's a lot of half-baked theories about it. Like I said, I don't know. The Majesco theory is probably the strongest to me. That makes the most sense um, because lots of games have had their art have had art changed or uh, back of boxes changes on 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 re-releases. So. That makes sense, but we don't have solid proof that that's what happened. That's all I'm saying. Right? Cool? Cool. 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 So this variant box, it's got like one of these big head 90s art. I don't know what to call this, but 90s big head art. Like really weird perspective. Kid shooting a zombie with a water gun. And then Creature from the Black Lagoon is behind him. What's up? Is he in the game? Uh, yeah, None of us yeah. remember. I don't remember. Yeah, yes. I think he is. Yeah, I, I love this box sense. art. It's way better than the original box art for Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It's terrible. It's just like this yellow spiral with cutouts of real people, uh, right? No, it, well, I mean, it has zombies in the background. It goes back to like, it. it is a 50s pulp style game, and so that cover reflects that. I like both covers. I, I, I think this one's like interesting and unique that they did it. Um, but yeah, both have their charm, though I think the layout works better on the Sega Genesis for the original art. I'm a bigger fan of It Came From the Desert. It Came From the Desert is also a cool one. Kind of the the uh, cover is vaguely reminiscent, right? Where that yellow and green scheme. Yeah, I, I like I like both those very much, actually. Uh, so that's our list of 11-ish games uh, that are collectible and Halloween-themed. Hope you enjoyed that we are anxious to see what you have you know you can go ahead and post those up we're looking for halloween games it is the season so i'm trying to follow all the tags and stuff that i see spawning on uh, instagram and following along and please play along with us because most of us are using uh at halloween gaming 2006 uh 2018 16 i don't know what year i'm in and posting under that so Tyler, would you like to move to the second half of the show? No. Johnny, no? you know I'm not going to let us move on without me I know, interrupting that, and, and giving one thought I that I forgot you. about. That's, that's why I asked you if it was okay. What, <laughs> what do you got? Because you do this every time. So. Every single time. I forget every, something yeah. I want to. So, I want if anyone collects PS2 games, I want to know how rare they think Rule of Rose is. Uh, because some guy in Nintendo Age, I think this year, completed a PS2 set. And I remember when Nintendo wizard completed his wii set he posted like 40 of the rarest game what he thought were like the 40 rarest wii games and i'd basically heard of like zero of them and Um, when this guy completed his ps2 set his rarest games that he put were things you know like haunting ground and rule of rose and i'm like that's crazy there's 1500 ps2 games and the actual rarest ones are the ones that we already think are rare we nailed it you you mean like that's so weird that that that's that would have happened i i expected there to be like oh there's this soccer game it only came out in mexico and you know there's this game we're not sure where it came from it seems like it was just a mail order that popped up on ebay one day but yeah if you think rule of rose is legitimately one of the rarest ps2 games i think that would be super interesting to know it's not the rarest but it's the rarest it's definitely (laughs) the rarest Oh, that guy. <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's a guy named R10 who makes the rarest videos or did for a while. Now he makes a bunch of Pokemon videos. Anyways, don't watch his videos for any kind of truth. Uh, watch them for entertainment value only. Yeah, he, he Jen, pre- just send me that. I've searched for this guy and I can't find him. The rarest. Yeah, he, he Nintendo frequently, 64 games. He frequently transposes rare and expensive. That's yeah, that's it, the frequently. The, you yeah. mean each and every time? Pretty pretty much each and every time. Yeah. 
yeah. the rarest games you just go to price charting and sort by price it works even better with complete and box game boy games stuff like that <laughs> well the, the funny it. the funny part he's like i know people will say this isn't the rarest game and it probably isn't but this is one <laughs> i think you guys should know about i'm like then why is it in your the rarest whatever guy i have to yeah i i don't i don't understand he's got He's doing something right because he's got way more followers and views than we do. So fuck us. We messed up. We <laughs> should be doing top what 10 he does. videos on YouTube. That's where we're yeah, messing up. Yeah, probably we should be doing that. Um, oh, I want to throw back to the zombies ate my neighbor uh, art. There was another asset they could have used, and that was like the PAL version. If you look at that, it's, it is goddamn awful. It is the worstest. Go look that up, and you'll just be like, Ugh. so everything's better than this. Yeah, it's got like the the two kids uh, jumping on a trampoline, and it, it is it is something special. This this looks like an unlicensed NES game. This zombie, my neighbors, right? Uh, Isn't it terrible? <laughs> it looks. I don't know. I think that the the US box art is pretty terrible too. I don't care that it's like a throwback. It, don't like it. It's pulpy. can't change it makes my mind. Sense. Oh, you you like that better than. You like the PAL version better? Okay, everyone now has to go. Well, okay, stop, so- stop the podcast. <laughs> Google this, and then message Tyler and tell him how incorrect he is. We'll Thanks. wait. Go ahead. Yeah, we're waiting. Like, all right, the Genesis or the you know the regular box art is like a throwback to the fifties, but this feels like a throwback to bad airbrushed art on cheap NES games, and I like that even better than the fifties because I didn't live through the fifties. I don't care about I that. I don't know what you were talking about. You were an insane person. Like you okay. could totally see this as like the art for Wally and the No Gang or something. Wally Bear and the No Gang. All right. Okay. I'll just um, I'll just cut all this out. Nope. My opinions are it. void. No, you've got a lot of good opinions. You're just wrong on this one. Anyways, second half of the show, we do what we always do. Guys, what are you buying and what are you playing? Also, we've got a new segment coming up. Tyler, do you have your segment ready for this episode or do they have to wait? No, we're gonna have to wait. Because you didn't tell me you had to be ready for this episode. Okay. We got a new segment coming from Surprise Tyler. Surprise is coming up, guys. Yeah. And Woo! everyone's going to be totally interested in what Tyler has to say about things yeah. Tyler's interested in. Yep. Get, get it. Instead of TED Talks, we got Tyler Talks. Uh, get ready for it. Get ready. Uh, all right. Stefan, what are you buying and what are you playing right now? Uh, so recently I've been continuing my love of weird video game adjacent shit. Uh, and I think my favorite of the little tchotchke things that I bought recently, which isn't so tchotchke, was the Killer Instinct promotional leather jacket. Uh, they made two of these things. Uh, one of them was sold through Nintendo Power, and that is the slightly more common version. Uh, but the uh, copy that or the the version that I picked up was uh, provided to the staff of uh, of the E three booth uh, the year that they showcased Killer Instinct. Uh, so I think they made it roughly 20 of them. Uh, if you go to my Instagram, there's a picture of me playing Killer Instinct wearing that jacket. It's very meta. So check that out. Well, you've got the rarer version of the leather jacket for Killer Instinct. The rarer, the specific yes. thing. Yeah. That that should be our stick. The the rarer. <laughs> All right. You, am I going on to what I'm playing? Yeah, do that too. Uh, I have been playing an obnoxious amount of uh, Dragon Quest XI. Uh, if you like JRPGs, I really, 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 really suggest you play it. What if I don't like JRPGs? Then don't. Uh, if you if you like JRPGs, Tower should you should make Tower go play this. That way he knows what a JRPG is versus just old eight bit RPGs, which were yeah, not necessarily Dragon JRPGs. Quest came out on the Famicom. It's an old eight bit game. Uh, yeah, Dragonware. Yeah, I remember and this that. This is game. the uh, the same game, and they just updated the graphics a little bit, and that's all uh, the genre has advanced at all. No, no, I don't think that's true. Yeah, Tyler and I have this beef about what's JRPG and what isn't on uh, classic consoles. That's where that that's where that comes from. I'm do, just do, throwing shit. Wait, this is the first I'm hearing. This is probably not I, the first I'm hearing of no, this. No, it's not that. I'm gonna say a JRPG is an RPG developed in J. <laughs> in uh, J. It's a programming yeah. language. The programming language of J. No, no, I think J- JRPGs have specific characteristics that make them Japanese. Yeah, I feel like um, the Dragon Quest series is sort of when when Square decided to take Final Fantasy off in sort of a weird direction. I feel like they were they kept intentionally kept Dragon Quest the same, so they could be like, no, you can still play this. 
So uh, they have solidified the entire franchise as the most JRPG franchise. Kinda, yeah. I mean, I'd say so. But like original Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior on the Nintendo, like you went to like, oh, those are classic JRPGs because that's not. I don't think those define those were look more like those are classic Europe. JRPGs. No, they look the, fantasy. The people, classic JRPGs. The art was specifically European dragons. Not Japanese dragons. It was very nod to European fantasy tropes, not that weren't embellished by Japanese culture at that point. And those, even though they were being developed by them, yeah. And those dev teams were like inspired by games like Wizardry and Bard's Tale, so then which were you know U.S. developed games. So, so So when did JRPGs start? Like Lunar? Yeah, about PS One era. I would say. I mean, it started to happen. Like the transition is on Super Famicom. You can see it kind of moving there. But once you get into the PlayStation One era, and like voice acting starts to become a factor as well, and FMV, then I, I think really that's when the push starts to happen, and you can start to delineate. All right. Well, I disagree, but that's cool. All right. Everyone well, agrees with me. Okay. I'm willing to willing to let that I'll, happen. I'll say like East. You could say East. That's not a JRPG. I'll take that because that doesn't have boring random battles. Okay. All right. Tyler, tell me what you're what you're buying and what you're playing. Because I know you just bought a ton of stuff because it was an eBay sale. Oh my God, Johnny, you have no idea. I did buy right. a ton of stuff. So they had both a 15% off anything that, that capped out. Was this one of the ones that capped out at $666? I think a lot of stuff to buy on eBay. Uh, I'm going to just go over the best stuff because I have I have like a whole stack of games sitting on my dining room table right now. I got two Genesis games I've been looking for a really long time. One, because it's always overpriced and two, because the manual doesn't show up. Uh, Elemental Master, maybe the nicest Genesis game I have in my collection. I got a mint copy of Elemental Master and I don't call anything mint uh, that I paid way too much for. But with 15% off, I felt good about it. How much did you pay for it? Uh, 225 minus 15%. Nice. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sad about that considering how I nice it is. I also got an Elemental Master. Really? I you did. Got, where'd you get it? Did you get it on eBay? I got it on eBay during the 15% off, but I, I got the 160 less nice one, but it is complete. All right, cool. Yeah, that's, that's a game that... That's like a top-shelf Genesis game that I never think about, so... Yeah. Neat. And that's a game that like when it was it was hovering at like 120, I'm like, I'm not gonna spend 120 on this game I've never heard of. Screw this game. And now I, I spent nearly double on it. So that's cool. Yeah, any and renovation then, uh, title you should just buy because it's it's a trap. <sighs> but you got the mintest. The mintest. <laughs> yeah. And now I have to wait a month to post it because Johnny doesn't want no we can't post anything that's not Halloween related in Halloween. No, you can post whatever nope, you want. Not allowed. Just, okay. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm sitting here with my thumb over these guys as Stefan posts nothing yeah. but fucking jacket pictures. Yeah, every you picture could argue is just that Killer Stephen Instinct is Halloweeny though. That has like a well, the Sega, the Sonic jacket he just posted wasn't. He's just jacking it in every photo. Hey, That's, people seem to dressing up. It's a costume. People keep clicking that like button, so you know I'll keep posting. Them. Yeah, don't worry. Why, why, don't worry, why jacket don't you, loving people. Why don't you do us a favor and post also something Halloween? Do both. Killer Instinct's kind of Halloweeny. It's got spinal in it. He's oh a skeleton. Come on, guy. I'm just saying. Get in there Johnny, and use I've, the tag. I posted some horror games for Halloween. You I posted did. A, a you really did a nice good job. copy of Super Metroid. I posted some regular, like just some games no one cares about, classic favorites like uh, Race Driving on the Genesis. But the game that has got more than double the likes of any of those is I Am 8 Bit's copy of Mega Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. That's. <laughs> Is classic. That just figures. What What else did you buy? Tower. I interrupted you, Tower. What else did you buy? Uh, I got Growl, which I probably overpaid for. That was 140 minus 15%, whatever that equals. Uh, that game, I think, is not worth as much as people want for it, but the manual, it just doesn't come up. That's $119. Yeah, thank you. Good, good math. I love that game. Uh, and some of the better SNES stuff I got, I got Final Fight Guy, Ninja Gaiden Trilogy, and then this guy came out of nowhere. Finally, uh, Super Copa, is that how you pronounce it? He can't. This guy posted like four super nice SNES games. I got Super Copa and Mega Man X3. And both of them are like eight or nine out of ten. And those games are so, so hard to find in really nice condition. Did you get? So I was really uh, happy. Yeah. Those. Did you get a, uh, a good deal on that Super Copa? Uh, I think it was like 200 and I probably got 10% uh, eBay bucks on it. Deal. So 180 ish. Which one? Yeah. Do you get the. Uh, 
the South American region one or the North American one? I don't know. The play What's it's the Playtronic difference? or there's two different boxes. There's a Playtronic box which the everything the Supercopa is like all like got this weird blur effect on the photo. And then it's just the regular photo. You probably got the regular one. I'm just a regular guy. I'm sorry. Isn't one of them like one of the guys that looks like he's kicking the guy in the nuts? I think that's the traditional one. Yeah. The, the other one you'll know. It's, it says Playtronic on it, and it's got the weird blur effect on it. I didn't even know there was a difference. I thought it would just be like, you know, sometimes sometimes the game comes out in Mexico and it's the exact same thing. Damn it, Johnny, now I got to know which one. Now I'm looking it up, and you're going to tell me which one it is. I got the one with the guy kicking the other guy in the nuts. That's the U.S. release. Cool. I did or, it. or North American release, I should say. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was that was two hundred and Mega Man X three was two fifteen. But I don't think like I can't I can't find that copy without like a ton of edgeware and this label was just so nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations. All right. Uh, what are you playing? Anything? So I, I'm, my hand is is getting better, but it still hurts, and it's like it's forced me to kind of cold turkey Path of Exile, which. Probably, Probably good for my health. Yeah. So I've been playing Golf It and Golden Tee, just golf games. I don't know why I like golf games. And then uh, I played some StarCraft 2 because I've been I've been getting back into watching StarCraft 2 games. I used to watch a lot of StarCraft 2. I used to play a little bit of StarCraft 2. And then uh, I, I played a couple games of StarCraft 2. And I'm like, maybe I could play this again. I've been watching a lot. I know the strategies. And I, just, I can't play StarCraft 2. That game is for savants. I forgot. Yeah. I'm I'm terrible at that game. Just legitimately terrible. Okay, I will I'll tell you guys what I bought. I bought some Halloween games. I know you guys will be surprised, but I the Dracula I just posted uh the other day and then some some more. I also bought a Xena for the Game Boy Color. I bought a lot of portable games. I always buy a lot of portable games during Halloween cuz there's Yeah, you do. Like, it doesn't Tyler make any sense, Johnny. Uh, there's a plethora of them. I, I I like to collect for portables. I just don't enjoy playing them. Um, so I, I bought stuff like that. Bought some Sega games. It's said Elemental Master as well. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I did max out my coupon. I'll show you guys some of the stuff I bought. I, I got some. I don't want to just like give it away because I want to post the pictures. Um, let, let it be a surprise a little bit. So that's what I did. What did I play? Uh, I went back and tried to increase my percentage on Tomb Raider a little bit. Um, but then I was traveling for work, so I didn't get to play much. I did bring my Switch with me and got some Octopath in, so that was cool. Um, God, I I feel like I am just lagging in that game, something fierce. I was going to say, you've been sticking with that for a while, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I pick it up here and there, but I only... Like, I don't get a good solid playthrough when I'm doing it. I, I get, like, an hour or... F- 30 minutes and I, it's not enough time to like really go. And then I won't play it for two weeks. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing again? And I have to waste time figuring that out, but I, I'm trying to get through it because I enjoy it. You could beat all of Ninja Gaiden three in 30 minutes, Johnny. That's true. And I've done that, but that's not what I'm doing with Octopath. So anyways, uh, yeah, that's what I bought. That's what I played. And I, I think that is in general, our, our cast for the, for the evening you guys got anything else? Final notes you want to give anyone? Tyler? You know what, Johnny? I bought Bust a Nut, which is an NES homebrew from 2011. They made 50 of them. They sold don't them for you $28. Save that? No, this isn't a horror game. This isn't. A, I don't want to talk about this. I just want to say it sold for 28 and I spent 56 on it. Doubled in price. So there were 50 of those. So imagine just how much more your I Am 8-Bit Mega Man 2 is going to be worth when there's only 8,000 of them. Okay. <laughs> cool. Good <laughs> goodbye. Uh Stefan, anything any closing notes from you? Shh. Whoa, <laughs> we were just gonna cold Ty- and not gonna talk whoa, about whoa, that. Whoa, 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 Tyler, you take you cut that out of this. <laughs> that has to be cut. <laughs> we're just gonna keep going. I don't like I'm legitimately considering cutting that. No, you have to cut that. That has to be edited. That does not, right, none I'm of this gonna, makes sense. I'm going to cut that, but I'm going to keep all of this conversation I'm in. I have to like blurt that out just randomly throughout podcast. <laughs> uh, don't create edit points that are unnecessary, uh, Stefan. Uh, all right. Anyways, you can find these two guys where on Instagram. Tower, go. Uh, J O A default gen, default G E N. That's default J E N. That works too. 
I like it's how we redirect URL. I like how we started uh, your Instagram tag there, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't do spot. that. <laughs> yeah. If you squeeze Tyler hard enough, he just says my name. I don't know why that is. <laughs> well, you never real. get like these. Every time you used to watch a show, they'd have that thing at the end, and then you get that stuck in your head, and you kind of say it along. It's like, send us a message. Oh, two, one, three, four. Anyone watch Zoom? No one nope. watched Zoom. Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay, Stefan, where can we find you? Mainly Instagram, sometimes YouTube, uh, at Archon 1981, A-R-C-H-O-N 1981. That's Archon underscore Chortle on Instagram. Yeah, Chortle. This joke never gets old, guys. Misspelling our Instagram tags. People love hearing it Yeah, People are just just like, Johnny, (laughs) you're a true comedian. You know, you should probably do stand-up with these comedic genes. More like mom genes. But uh, anyways, done. Uh, you can find me at Instagram, uh, Johnny underscore I-U-C-C-I. That's where I am primarily. Uh, anything else, guys? No? Then you know what time it is. Bye! Wait, Johnny, I've got one more thing. 